0: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
2: Hi and welcome back to the official Arsenal Vavil YouTube channel. Uh, we're back with our first collab of the uh 2021-22 uh, Premier League season. Um we've got a nice little one for you today. We've got Namdi back on, host of the Talk Your Talk podcast. How you doing, man?
0: I'm good, bro. I'm good. How you doing?
2: Yeah, I'm good, man. Thank you. Um it's good to have you you back on for the new season. Uh and then we've got uh Daniel Khan, Arsenal presenter. Um, how you doing, man? Always great to have you on.
1: Thank you, bro. Pleasure to be here,
2: man. We're gonna we're gonna discuss some of the um the the ongoings at Arsenal Football Club this week, obviously, um, a bit of a de- disappointing defeat to Chelsea. <clears throat> excuse me, um, in uh, at the weekend, and that's kind of where we're going to start. Obviously, Arsenal lost two 0 to Chelsea. Um, kind of bittersweet moments for some fans. Obviously, Dan yourself being back at the game. Um, obviously, being back at a game for the first time, it was a full stadium in what over 18 months, and then but then losing to Chelsea, our deadly London rivals, two nil. How did it feel to be back, man?
1: Well I was at the um, I was at the Brighton game at the back of last season where okay. it was like finally being back at the Emirates and and that was that was an incredible vibe but still very strange you still felt the eeriness and the emptiness and you still felt that covid very much was a, a thing hanging over football and life in general uh on Sunday though it was totally different it, it, there there was this of like I was at the Euro 2020 final as well, and that and the, that was of course ridiculous, insane, yeah. one of the maddest things I've ever experienced. Yeah. This felt a lot more wholesome. This one felt like, wow, we're home and the um, all the food stalls are out and all the scarf vendors are out and the, the Holloway Road is busy again. And like it, it just all felt very good. Like all the Arsenal fans, there was a lot of Arsenal fans that didn't know each other, that were all mingling, all chatting. Um, and it really felt like um, a celebration before a ball had even been kicked. Like in the mm-hmm. foyer, people were singing non-stop, you know, an hour before kickoff. Um, and, it, and just the noise, that noise when the Arsenal players came out. Like I'd not felt that or heard of that in so long in that stadium. Um, so it almost kind of, it almost makes the Chelsea result kind of easier to swallow in a way. Yeah, I know that sounds yeah. stupid, I'm still... Disappointed in how we got dealt with, it felt like a punch to the stomach rather than getting obliterated. It felt like just that one hit in the stomach that we could have maybe avoided. Uh, overall, being back at the stadium was amazing, but of course, you know, as we'll talk about more, um, losing to Chelsea in that fashion, yeah, a bit of a a bit of a low blow, man. Yeah, for
2: sure. Um, I'm I don't know about you, man, but obviously, I know so many match going Arsenal fans like yourself have a bit of a pre-match routine. I know I used to enjoy, you know, get off the, the tube station at Arsenal, go to Pirate Corner, go to some of the uh, the pubs.
1: Get your corner. I know hybrid Corner, Is it? Is it shut Every down? Corner is, it is the it? One. corner is the one. Hybrid corner is the one. Shut down though, isn't it? Like because of COVID. I swear they. Yes, had to the yeah. Yeah. So so because of COVID, but as far as I'm aware, it's it's back up and running. Yeah, I think it reopened, didn't it? We're back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. mm. Corner corners an institution, man. I mean, listen, it's, yeah. Hybrid corner was in Arsenal's third kit video. Yeah. Man. You know what I mean? So they're, essential, essential
2: the Piper... part of the pre-match. Um, absolutely. Hundred yeah, percent, man. Um, and then you have got some of the pubs, the pins, all these. Um, all these places people like to go. You get your match day program. You go to the concourse. I don't know about you, but Block Twenty Six was kind of where I like to stand with the the atmosphere um, pre-match. Get your beers in. What kind? What was the main highlight for you before the game? Like, where did you go? Where you like? We're back, man.
1: So I think w- what it is is when I when I arrive super early, then what I do is I get off a hybrid in Islington. So I like okay. to make that walk all the way down the Holloway Road. Mm. But I like to I like to just take it all in.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: and just it gives me a bit of time. Before I see the stadium and get gas, it takes me a bit of time just to discuss the match and see what we think is going to happen. Um, this one, we were running a little bit tight. So we got off at Holloway Road. And uh, when you get off without fail, on your right-hand side, as you walk down, there's a banging jerk chicken spot uh, where they sell patties <laughs> and stuff. So it was uh, three portions of jerk chicken and rice for me and my amigos. Um, we got a little drink. Uh, my cousin, who's with me, he got a half and half because he was super ex- excited. He got a half and half, oh, half no! before <laughs> kickoff. Before kickoff as well. So we played full whack for it as well. Um, but yeah, then we just got down to outside the armory, and that's where you, you know, people are on the roundabout and the media's there and you're, you're meeting up with your friends and just, just hung about and caught a vibe. And obviously, behind us, the team bus arrived. Yeah. Lacazette that's... was behind the team bus in his red Ferrari. And like yeah, causing yeah. all sorts of commotion. I don't know, I don't know why he thought that would be sensible, but literally <laughs> everyone was surrounding him. And um, it was a really good vibe, it felt good to be back. I caught up with uh Julian Laurenz from the Athletic, um, yeah. and spoke to him about the game. He was he's actually a, he's a PSG fan, but also obviously because of his French roots, Arsenal, he's, he's got a soft spot for Arsenal, yeah. Um, I caught up with him. Joel, Joel Bayer was outside the ground as well. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, just, just that walk in that little funnel outside of Holloway Road Station up to the Emirates is is just always a good vibe, man. Mm, 100%, man. I'm hoping to get back for the, the the Norwich
2: game, which I believe is our next home game. So fingers crossed um, we'll be able to get back in, in the stadium. I think it'll be a special moment for everyone uh, returning to the ground. But obviously, um, an Arsenal podcast, we had to discuss everything about Arsenal and unfortunately, a major factor of that day was the fact we lost 2-0 to our London rivals, Chelsea. Namdi, was, was that a tough one to swallow?
0: You know what? We've just gone from Dan like, like, like summarizing the whole, you know, the beautiful atmosphere of Combat to the Emirates. And now we actually got to talk about the game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we've got it doing the whole mood. Um tough, you know what? It was it was a tough one to swallow. But the thing is, and, and, and that's that's kind of the sad part about what where I think our team's at were either of you two surprised at full time. No one really was surprised. And I think that was the real damning uh, situation. Uh, just, just just, the overall situation of it. that No one really expected us. Obviously, with um, the circumstances around the team and stuff, really, I still think we were all our first team. I don't think we were going to beat Chelsea. So I think the, it was a tough pull to swallow, but it wasn't a surprise for anyone. It wasn't a surprise for Gunas. It wasn't a surprise for any other fans in the league or around the world. I feel like we started that game expecting to lose, and that is a very sad realization to come
1: to.
2: Mm, yeah. No, I think the way I saw the game, like like Dan was we saying earlier, um, we started the game well. I thought, like the first few minutes. Um, I know again, watching on TV is a completely different experience, but mm. even Gary Neville was saying Arsenal looked sharp in this first yeah. game, and then it, I think that was just the kind of original boost of fans, the the party atmosphere at the Emirates just like everyone happy to be back. We were pushing them on and mm. we, we were playing some decent football, getting into some decent positions. Um, but then Chelsea just kind of had a moment. They just took a breath. And then, what was it? Something like 15 minutes into the game and Lukaku's got the ball in the back of the net and he's already mm. shushing the, the the Arsenal crowd. Like, Dan, again, was it just, just a tough one to swallow kind of being
1: there? Yeah, so... Spot on from Namdi to be honest, like it's one of those ones where none of us were really expecting a win. When I was on my way to the Emirates, I was not, I wasn't hopeful about anything. I was just happy to be going back to watch the Arsenal. It was only when kickoff uh, came and there was that first five minutes where I thought, are we having one of those days again where we just pull a stunning performance out of the bag because the weather's (laughs) popping and the fans are here? And then we'll go back to our season. But for today, we're gonna to ball out like Barca 09. Mm. Um, we started off really well. There were some really good moments. Pepe was driving at the defense. Emil rowe looked really lively. Sambi Lakonga, by the way. Yeah, big fan. That was pass, so- passing oh. me. That passing no, me no, out, honestly. Yeah. That was that was ridiculous. I was on the side when he hit that yeah. ball. I saw the touch, I saw the way he opened up his body and the way he just leaned and cut that ball. It was like on a plate. And Sambi Lukonga was one of those really nice positives from the game. Seeing mm-hmm. him going, wow, like we've mm-hmm. like, I think what we've done is instead of going the Eve Basuma route and getting the, prem-, paying the Premier League tax, we've gone and found a player with same similar capabilities and like a similar kind of role in the team and mm-hmm. got him from Andelect instead. And he looks a top, top player, but you're right. With, with Chelsea, I felt like they were under pressure but they took a breath and I, I really felt this kind of maturity in their team and this mental assurance that we lack. Mm-hmm. Um, I think players like Jorginho really bring that to their team. I think their their backline, people like Cesar's Piliqueta, people mm-hmm. like Marcus Alonso, they're, they're, they're players that don't scream out to you as world, world class, but they've got this maturity that comes mm-hmm. from their experience. That means they're able to hold <laughs> moments like that down. And um, as we were discussing off, off camera as well, that left side Tierney was bombing up and uh, there was a few early warning signs of us getting caught out with Rhys James in far too much space. And in the end, you know, it, it told twice that, that that's where we lost the game. And I think I think that's it. It would have been a disaster if we got absolutely mauled by Chelsea, no doubt. We, we would not be sitting here going, oh, well, you know, fair enough, the better team won. We would have been distraught by it. But it's equally irritating to know that it was so simple for us to see that that side is getting exposed. Yeah. Maybe we should do something about it. Yeah. And then twice they used that weakness and got two goals from it. Yeah. And then aside, aside from that, of course Romelu was coming into the game and deciding to bully everyone and their nan. Like it was, it was <laughs> getting really tense. Like it, in the end, like honestly, when Lukaku was getting taken out, I was applauding. I was like, well. We've got to do something. We can't just let him back into our centre-backs and send them for a hot dog every time the ball comes. So, um, yeah, I think it's the avoidable nature. Chelsea, on on paper, had more control of the game. We had some really good moments, some really good bursts without ever really causing them any issues. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't don't know if you guys remember that Rob Holding chance was a huge chance, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. the header. That header was so close. close. There There was one where... It went through, and Emil Smith just missed it on his toe. Yeah, uh, yeah. So look, again, I,
0: we should they was, we got a pen as well. Yeah, like and that.
1: That, bro, I was on that side, and I don't know. I don't know if VAR were maybe in the ref's ear saying, "Listen, we've had a look at it, and it doesn't need to go any further." But I was shocked. I was standing up, going, "Don't worry, it's a pen." Like, there's no way oh, that yeah. that's not going to be a pen. Yeah, wasn't. Um, not even know, like it was like, checked.
2: I I don't know, man. I guess you've got to look at where the contact point (laughs) is because their legs got tangled, but then uh, the way VAR works, it's like, if it's not clear and obvious, they won't change the rest kind of view. I guess if there is a debate to be had about it, then I guess that kind of solves your point, saying potentially, I I don't know, man.
1: Again, I guess I've got to watch it. you know what? On my point, though, I don't mind that. I don't mind VAR giving the referee the benefit of the doubt because sometimes I feel like we need to go back to the days where referees were allowed to get a call wrong obviously with us it hurts when it's your team yeah. but i think on the balance of the season i think yeah. you know the fact that we've we now don't have to worry about what shoe size you are so that you don't <laughs> get caught offside i think is i think it's fine but um i mean i've got a, i've got a question for you namdi like in that in that 10 minutes when we were spurting on did you have it at the back of your mind that if we don't capitalize in this in the next 5 minutes <laughs> we're going to get done by chelsea did you have that that feeling
0: you know, you know what? Um that's, that's a great question. I do you remember um I think it was I can't remember what year it was, I think it was like twenty seventeen or something. And it was um I think we were playing United at home. And there was a time where we were just—I um, think I can't remember if it was one-nil down where at the time, but um, we were just peppering the goal. This was like De Hay when he performance, yeah. Oh, and we were just going crazy. Did the had a chance? Sanchez had a chance. Did a, did a, did a, did a, and then in my mind, I was thinking because we, we're all going to say, we've seen it happen so many, so many times. We don't capitalize. Actually, not in just goodness, It happens in football. You don't capitalize. You don't take your chances. You leave yourself open um, mm. at the other side. So when I'm seeing, when I'm seeing that, but the thing is. In that opening first ten minutes, I just felt very, I just felt enthusiastic. I, I like you said, I didn't really come into the game mm. with very high hopes. We weren't on a great run of form. Um, we to lose a lot of key players. Duh, duh, duh. But when, when I saw th- that first opening ten minutes, Tierney bomber down the left wing, Smith Rowe getting a couple of nice touches in, um, and Shaka spraying the ball around. Like it was, um, it was, it was. I was just, ent- it was just enthusiastic to see us actually, you know. Going at them. Mm-hmm. A lot of the pre-match talk was okay, maybe um is gonna go for a 3-4-3, try and match them, da, 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 which in that probably was really a good decision. But seeing yeah. that on that yeah. like on a defensive, um, like a defensive approach to the game, I was happy to see us go at them. You know, the champions cool. of Europe, whatever. It's it's that like our stadium, it's our first home game of the season. Let's get at them and give the crowd something to be riled up for. So um in my head actually wasn't thinking, okay, if we don't score now, we're gonna concede because I was just like, let's just Right out the wave, you know, it's, it's, we're, it's a youth, it's a youthful team. We're I mean, clearly the underdogs in this game. Let's just see how, you know, how long we can take it. But obviously the, the cockle goes disappointment, but no, yeah, that first 10 minutes was, it was, it was, um, pleasing to see. Like you
2: said, like you said earlier, um, the the two main positives from that game, well Sambi, massive positive, like what I'm talking He seems to be a, a gem. And I know when we signed him, um, people in Belgium around Anderlecht were saying you sign the next big thing, like mm. he's he's that uh, and like at the same at the time you take it with a pinch of salt because you know, if you if you sign anyone, uh, anyone's player, they're gonna big him up. Um but Sambi, massive positive. Um, you've now you're now at the stage where you're like, when Partey's fit,
1: are you taking Shaka out? Yeah, and taking off him. yeah, well, that's yeah. that's what mm. that was actually a discussion that came up with me and my friends when we were talking about let's say like a midfield three pivot. When Partey yeah. comes in, mm. then you thought about where Odegaard fits into it all, mm, and then you actually true. thought, wow, Shaka, Mister Dependable, Mister Mister mm. Big Game Energy, might actually have to be the one that faces the cut because. Sambi offers a dynamism and an energy that I almost feel like Xhaka wants to achieve, but doesn't have the physical capability to achieve. You see what I mean? Like, Xhaka wants to be that all action, uh, you know, screening the midfield, getting the tackle in, and spraying a ball. But I mean, Sambi, it wasn't just his ability to pass, but I don't know if you saw, it's his ability to turn, like the half turn on his first yeah, touch. Yeah, I saw that at Brentford as well. You know, like even, even when he feels like he's being pressed, the way he lets the ball run across his body and take it into space, I think is insane. And um, I, I love, I'm a Xhaka fan. I'm a Xhaka advocate. And I feel like when Xhaka goes, we'll go, oh, do you know what? Maybe Xhaka wasn't so bad and we should just calm ourselves down as en- entitled fans. But Sambi Lakonga is uh, something really special. And I feel like a player like that in front of Partey will allow Partey to not feel like he has to be so all action. He can just do the positional stuff that he's good at. And Martin Odegaard can kind of connect the midfield to the front three. So, man, there's always a lot to be positive about. And um, I think Sambi's a, a great addition. And I think Xhaka would be the one that cuts out of that ideal midfield three. But man, I was watching the game, and one thing struck me then was, I know it's a bit obvious, but no, we're a young team, man.
0: Very. Yeah,
1: we're we're a really young team, and I think we're asking too much from ourselves to want to say we should be fighting for the top four. We should this. We should that. Like when we look at our, who's our star player? Saka. Saka is young. When you look at, he's nineteen. He's nineteen bro 19. that so like when you when you look at like 19 year olds around the world right now you've got like Jude Bellingham and that we're looking at Jude Bellingham and saying he's a child he's 18, so, he's 18 but, still Jude Bellingham isn't he? yeah yeah Jude yeah. Bellingham is 18 but when mm. we look at Saka maybe because he's in the Premier League or maybe he's at a prominent role in our team yeah. we all of a sudden are now right this guy needs to drag us to success you've yeah. got Emile Smith Rowe as well super young Sambi Lakonga, super young like we've got in key elements of our team Even Martin Odegaard. Martin Odegaard has been around for donkey's years Mm. and he's seen as this big-time player. He's still only 22. 22, yeah, And he's never really had uh, a club where he feels like he belongs and he can go and strut his stuff. This is his first big-time arrival after flirting with loan spells in and out of Real Madrid. Um, So I I think it's about managing expectations and trying to find out the best way to get the best out of these players and make them gel, like identity-wise, especially. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I, I retweeted something on Twitter
2: the other day, just kind of touching on what you you said, and I've said it on some various kind of platforms this last couple, um, couple of weeks. But our team, you look at our team right now, like you said, Saka nineteen, Smith Rowe's twenty, Martinelli he's twenty, uh, Balogun, he's he's uh, around nineteen twenty. Um, the, the that that made up our front four against Brentford. And it made up at one point what our front four was against Chelsea. Some of these players are like playing a lot of minutes at this age. And you think about it in four or five years time, just think how good they could be. Think of Erlegaard now, baller, big player, but in 20, he's only 22. Think in three, four years, how much of a big player he could be. Just kind of on that, I, excuse me, I did, um, I retweeted something on Twitter saying, Arsenal in five years' time, Saka, 24 years old, Martinelli, 25, Balogun, 25, Smith-Rowe, 25, Saliba, 25, Lokonga, 26, Tavares, 26, Nelson, 26, Ben White, 28, Gabriel, 28, Tierney, 29, Erdogan, 27. Think how where that team will be in five years' time, where we could Absolutely. be potentially pushing to. Um, I think the future is bright, and Chaka kind of has touched on it in some of his... um. His interview saying we're destined for success um but but nandy how exciting could that team be in just like four or five years time um
0: i think <laughs> see it, the, the the ages the, mm. the promise the talent like it, it does excite me but it's <sighs> don't be pessimistic but it's, it's just a bit hard to be excited and look four or five yeah, years in sure, the future sure, when sure. you look at how things are if that makes sense um sure. Sure. It's 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 see it's it's difficult because I sometimes sometimes when you look at that and you look at the let's see this summer, okay. This summer, you can see a kind of direction that we're going in the signings of Ramsdale, Odegaard, Tavares, all young players that mm-hmm. aren't going to come in and change the team straight away, but in two, three years, of course. But then when you caveat that now, you look at the signings of okay, signing of William. The signings of um and he was um sorry the signs of William Mustafi was offered a new contract last summer. Alba got a huge bumper contract. Talks of Lacazette getting a new contract. So when you look at that, you, you think what direction are we actually going in? Are we going in this youthful direction? Because if so, then catching him on lacquer and and um them sort of players now is key. But then if if we're not doing that, then why are they, you know what I mean? Like why are he why are these <laughs> not getting big money? Probably stifling. Why is lacquer getting a a new contract possibly? possibly stifling the, the, the growth of someone like Balligan or Martinelli is that make it sense? almost
1: yeah it almost it almost feels like where we want to go one way but we don't want to fully commit. Yeah, we wanna yeah, yeah. we wanna have our, our other hand in the other pipe just in case. Yeah yeah um and and when you do that then you don't do you're not doing anything. You know by, by doing both mm. tentatively you're mm. not actually taking a direction. Yeah. I completely could that table. be our
2: downfall then could that be our downfall for the here and now like focusing too much on the future. Rather than prioritizing the here and now.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think so. I think I, I agree with Daniel like hundred percent. If you're not doing if you're not all in on one, okay, we're going for this youthful project, we're gonna give these guys game time the same ways we did with Saka, the same way we've done with Smith Row, fine. If you do that, obviously, um and I saw a quote from Wenger a couple of years ago, people, and there's something about like um obviously you'll cost yourself a couple of points trusting in uh in the youth, but overall it'll pay dividends later on absolutely and it's a thing where the thing where like daniel's right if you don't put your all into this project then you're not going to get anything out of it and it and also it comes down to the fact that i i agree we do need a bit of balance but you can't come and have a, a complete team of 21 years 11 21 and say cool go get me champions League. it's not gonna sure. work
1: sure. but
0: when you're doing the when, when it comes to the balance you've got to look at the the, the older more experienced players and say they are not they are letting the team down. They yeah. are not helping. We are relying on a 19-year-old Saka, a 21-year-old Smith-Rowe, like our 7 and number 10 are are, are hey, this is great, they're hell, hell in the, um, graduates, but I mean really, Orba, uh, 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 Laka, Leno, these big name, big wage players are letting the team down. And sure. so it, it is true where it's like you do need some balance, but I think you've got to go all one way. And if we're going like, to look go at youth, yeah. when you
1: when you uh said the youngsters, it reminded me of when you look at United's class of '99. Yeah. Yeah. Where you had a lot of game-changing youngsters, but then to caveat that, yeah, you had monsters. You had Roy Keane, mm. you had Peter Schmeichel, mm. you had Dennis Irwin talking to Gary Neville. There was there were these pillars of the club that were yeah, basically uh, holding things together and making sure these young players had the, the mental stability to go out and express themselves and say, listen, we're here. We'll take care of all that nitty gritty stuff. You go and ball out. And yeah. you're absolutely right. It feels like we can't rely on our most senior and most experienced players. I, I Again, I go back to it performance wise, maybe not mentally. I feel like we can rely on people like Jacka. Unfortunately, people like Lacazette and Aubameyang, I feel like they, and, and I'm a Lacazette fan, and yeah. Aubameyang has given me some great moments in an Arsenal shot, but I feel like when, when it's popping off, um, they often check out of the situation yeah. depending on their mood. Yeah. Yeah. And um, when you've got players like Emil Smith-Rowe and Saka that, don't seem to check out in any situation, Yeah, there's that alienation that, well, are we all on the same page or not? Or are you yeah. kind of just here for the vibes and the London lifestyle or are you here to win games? And yeah. um, I, think, I think that's where we're in a bit of a limbo. And it's funny because normally if we want to clear people out, we are we do not have an attractive array of people that we can get big money from go, so we've got we've got younger players that we need to hold on to otherwise our club will take a step back and then we've got other players that we can't really sell because our team's not doing well enough for us to command a big fee for them yeah. so then we're stuck in that very flat almost we're stuck in that almost like Liverpool 2012 vibe you know, yeah, uh, yeah. And, yeah. and, and that's what we have to accept that football is full of cycles, right? I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. before Chelsea ended up dominating the last 15 years, they were essentially an irrelevant cup team. Um, United, yeah. before they did the absolute madness in the late 90s and through the 2000s and the 80s, was a period of absolute nothingness. And unfortunately, Arsenal on, are going yeah. through yeah. that cycle. We're going yeah. through a cycle where we are. We are underachieving by our historical standards and we have to have a bit of a reality check, almost like the England team. You know, mm-hmm. how many years did we look at England and go, England are one of the top five teams in the world, England should we do this? The moment Gareth Southgate actually realised, hold on, listen, we're not one of the best teams in the world. We need to develop a system where we work towards our strengths. We ended up reaching the semi-finals of the World Cup and then the final of the Euros. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. you know, I feel like with Arsenal, we need to... We need to do that. And um, I guess the only question is now is do we sacrifice the Arsenal way of playing football to solidify ourselves? Or do we say, well, no, we, we can't lose our club identity just to win games? Like what what way do you turn?
2: Mm, yeah, 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 for well sure. Said.
1: So just on on the whole kind
2: of the Chelsea game, just to wrap that kind of wrap that up really, um, I know there's a lot, lot well, some fans have kind of said Um, judging Mikel Arteta on that performance and saying that he's at fault for it. But for me personally, it's kind of hard to do that when you've only got, well, that team that you've got, you don't have your first-choice defence, you don't have your first-choice midfield, and your strikers, are um, well, one's on the bench after having one training session, Mm. and the other one's, well, in in the box because he's only just come out of isolation. So, Nandy, how much of of a factor do you think those nine players that... um, are out at the moment we will have when they come back in. And do you feel like that's a fair time to judge Mikel Arteta? Because just to touch on it, you've got the likes of Gabriel, Ben White. That's, well, is that our first choice centre-back pairing? I'd say it is. Of, they're both right-footed, which is, I guess, maybe the only thing. But Gabriel and Ben White, I'd say, are our two best defenders. Thomas Partey, on his day, is one of the best midfielders in Europe, in my opinion. Um, and then Lacazette, Aubameyang, I mean, whatever you can say about them, they still improve this team. Um how much of an and sorry, Martin Erdegaard as well, of course, who you've got to come in. Um, anyone I've missed there really that kind of not not anyone that I can really think of. Um, but how much of, of a difference do you think those players will make when they come back in?
0: Um well, like I said before, I I don't I personally don't believe in that game on Sunday that the game that those lot would have changed the game too much. But I will say, um I, I I agree with you there when you said that. I don't really think you can blame Arteta for Sunday's result. Um, mm-hmm. he did. He lost. I mean, who 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 can who can carry it forward losing nine key players? Uh, but I I will say yeah, like you, that is when you can judge him because of especially um in the cases of like Odegaard, um even Ramsdale if he gets eased in as well. I mean these are Arteta signings, Edu, Edu signings. So obviously this is the, the direction, this is their plan, this, these are their tactics, you can only judge them when you see it put to work, see these players sure, yeah. put into the first eleven. Sure. Um, I do think, see, I don't know this is just emotion talking, but I still have, um, I mean, Orba went through a lot last year, and so I feel like with um, a nice youthful, youthful fluid, um, energetic, a lot of movement behind him, um Odegaard and Smith will definitely come in as well, fluctuate with uh Pepe and Saka on the wings. I do still think there are goals in Orba. Mm-hmm.
1: Um I noticed uh, when he when he came on for that last correct, 10 minutes, yeah. there was a real direction to yeah. the team. There yeah. really was. And I've, hope, I've, hope. I was excited
0: about that. Yeah, definitely I think definitely.
1: Aubameyang as well, he's a player, that he feeds off the crowd, doesn't
2: he? He likes of he energy, said it himself, definitely miss the fans. Yeah. And I think this is his big chance. I mean, we will know at the end of the season if there's still anything left in a for us. and I, like yeah. I said, Nambi, I agree with you, man. I think Abamian's he, he's got a big, big season this big year. Big
0: season. He's 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 the he's a, he's where the goals come from. If they come from him, gone.
2: You think this time last year everyone was like Abamian's lethal. He just won us the Community Shield. He won yeah. the FA Cup. He scored a, a goal on the opening uh, day against Fulham. It just all went downhill from there, man. And yeah. honestly, I feel like he he's he can't change that much in a year. I do believe there's still still a guy in there that is. Because in in the, in that time, people were saying, yeah, he's he's up there as one of the best in Europe. He yeah. still he's still got this. He's one of the best strikers in the Premier League by far. And now people are j- just saying, well, clowning him and turning. Yeah. He's finished.
1: He's finished. Yeah, exactly. But,
2: and but, you've got but, to take in
0: you've got to take into consideration as well the fact I I I do not know why why Arteta has this just love to just slap him on the left and open. He's he's that's not his game. He's not yeah. going to come and change the game from there. He's a striker. He's always been a striker. Yeah. Um. So I, I don't get it. So I do think Orba as our number nine, um, with some good players behind him I still think there's goals in there. And I think, sure. um, I think yeah, Odegaard will come in. I'm really happy with the sound of Odegaard. Yeah. Um,
1: and like, like, like you said as well, like players, you said about the fluctuation between like um, Pepe, Odegaard and stuff like yeah. that. Players like Odegaard will, they want a direct forward in front of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. want to be able to pick those players out. Yeah, and uh, you you've you've absolutely hit the nail on the head there. I think I think, yeah. think Obba's got something to prove to himself. Yeah, um, and I think I think we've got players behind him to help him do that. If if we just stick with him centrally, yeah. one
0: thing one thing as well that I'll add about what Dan was saying as well that I think now for, for the first time in quite a long time we have a squad where other than let me say maybe two three players, I think Sakatini and 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 maybe a couple of players around them not everyone's position is guaranteed i mm. mean you can go with either smith throw or um Odegaard. Um Pe- Pe- i mean pepe's an enigma you never know what you're gonna get from him so like like and then now rams does come to challenge leno the right back position is up in the air i think f- finally we have a squad where it's not it's not the greatest quality in there but there's players that are like you know what if, to me for me to get here um, start on at 3pm on a saturday i need to put in a shift Do you know what I mean? Yeah. and yeah there's, and competition is only good. I mean, yeah. or, orba I think Orba dropped off a lot as well because he knew that no matter what happens, I'm gonna. I'm still gonna start on the left <laughs> every week. Yeah. And um, now he's, he's he's not gonna get that. Um, Martinelli wasn't great on the weekend, but I mean, Martinelli can walk up his game when um press Orba up there. The Odegaard, Saka, um, Pepe, Smithrow, um, even Nelson can come in the team as well. There are there's competition for places, and I think that's good for the team.
2: Hundred percent. Just on that, I know you touched on it. Dan, what's your opinion on
1: Martinelli at centre-forward? Do you think that's his future or do you think he's going on the left wing? You know what? Uh, I remember looking, at, and I love Gabby, by the way. Yeah, I'm just going to mm. preface that. But I guess, you know, because I prefaced it with something positive. You know, <laughs> but I actually said to my cousin, I'm not sure what Martinelli does. Mm. And I wasn't sure whether it was because he wasn't getting the service he needed. But it just felt like he was a guy that ran, ran a lot without <laughs> doing much. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. for me, I think football's changed, man. I, d- I just don't think, you know that Thierry Henry or that kind of, I'm not comparing Jackson Martinez to Thierry Henry, by the way, but that Jackson Martinez kind of on the shoulder, really quick striker that likes finessing it into the bottom corner. I don't know if football allows for that type of striker anymore. Mm. Um, I think you either you either have a focal point who is your, like, like your uh, big number nine or your monster, you know, like yeah. Lukaku. Yeah, Lewandowski, Haaland, Lukaku, you've got that type of player. Mm. Or you have like a pivot style one, like Firmino or Griezmann or so- someone that brings players in. Um, or you have like a dynamic front three where all of them are kind of doing their bits. So with that said, originally I was like, oh my God, if we have Gabby through the middle, that rapid kind of striker. Like for example, when Mbappe first came on the scene, I was like, oh my God, Mbappe is that kind of almost blast from the past, really quick striker in the middle of the park that's going to tear defenses apart. But I think he will now go through his career as a wide forward. Uh, Like I think that, and I think I guess because of how football's changing, I think that's where Gabby's future lies as well, with a license to come in on his stronger foot, but starting the situation out wide. Mm -hmm. Um, Aubameyang is quick, but he is way more of a poacher. Than someone that runs at centre backs or, yeah. or yeah. something. His his first season with us, if you look at his uh, the type of goals he scored, bro, this guy was fox in the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he was. He wasn't. He wasn't like that type of guy that would try and blitz past a centre back or beat two people and put it in the top corner. So I think for Gabby, his future lies out wide personally, mm-hmm. and. Um, is this a big season for him? That's the question. I think we've been waiting for Gabby to fully pop off. And every time we see him, he's almost he his name being on the team sheet is what gets the fans talking the most. Yeah. Because we almost yeah. feel like, oh, is this the game where Gabby's gonna do it? Mm-hmm. Um remains to be seen. It's a it's a big season for him. And I, I think people seem to have forgotten about him because we've got so many problems. Yeah. I think Gabby's got a lot, a lot to, to prove why why we're so obsessed with him.
2: 100%. And like you said, I'm a big fan of Gabby as well. I think he's, a um, his attitude, I think is what stands out to him. He's got, he's got that killer attitude. And mm. I think that's what Arteta loves as well. Just a never say die. Like, even though he was just like running and well, he didn't really get any service. Like he just kept running, kept running. And that's what, you know, you'll get with Gabby. Um, but this season, I don't know. I feel like he might be used more as like a substitute. Yeah. Kind of Impact player. Cause whenever. 70th fit, minute vibe. Yeah. When you've, when you've, when you've got everyone fit, you'd probably think, well saka will probably go on the left or right it'll be saka and pepe would probably be your first choice wingers and then for me personally i'm not a massive fan of gabby up front just because yeah. i don't think he's got that physicality like you said to hold the ball up which i think you really need in today's game which i think but
0: see that's the thing sorry that's, 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 that's the thing he's- yeah exactly but mm-hmm. let's let's um to um to balance it there he's what's it, nineteen, twenty. 20 how's gabby yeah then? Mm. I mean, I'm expecting him. He's not got his man's body, and we expecting him to be, oh, you know, 100%. yeah, the focal point back of, um, yeah, yeah um, sure, back of the centre back. It, sure. it's, it's it's unfair for him to expect that from him. So. Uh, like
1: Holland, Holland, is a freak of nature. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and no one in the world should ever be compared mm. to what yeah. Holland is doing. Yeah, you know,
2: so, yeah, uh, for sure. I'm just saying for here and now. I think this season, right now, what jabby is and how he's playing. I think I prefer him on the left. Yeah. just because of that ability, and like you said, having that license to come inside, like a does. But I think mm. the season, I think he just needs to play. He needs minutes.
1: Like, yeah, wait. is it? Yeah, do you think it's? Um, I think there's a confidence thing. I think I'm. I'm not comparing the two players, but I almost feel like it's one of those ones where. Pep Guardiola handled Phil Foden's situation very, very well. He never made Foden feel like he wasn't part of the future and the present of the club. Mm -hmm. And he never made Foden feel like he had anything to prove. He almost gave Foden this thing that, listen, it's only a matter of time where you are going to be our guy, you know? And I think with that meant that Foden didn't have the pressure. He Foden just needed to go and play when he was given chances. And I think that's a similar approach that needs to be developed with Gabby Martinelli. We need to put Gabby on the pitch and make him feel like he can express himself. So we need to make him feel like he can go and attempt to take on three players if he wants. Yeah. yeah. Without feeling like he's going to get the chop or he's going to get slaughtered if he doesn't because once we unlock that confidence in him, uh, I know from doing an interview with him Uh, His English, well, I've not caught up with him since, but his English was non-existent, but he was uh, taking lessons. so He's not not one of those young players that is very worldly. That Oh, yeah, I know English and I know about pop culture, what's going on here. He's very Brazilian, very South American, and now he's moved to the other side of the world. And I feel like giving him that confidence to just go and express himself and that everything will be okay will get... We'll get the best out of him eventually, I think. Mm, yeah, for sure.
2: There's a player in there, man. And I'm really excited to see what Gabby can do this season. <laughs> um, alongside Reece Nelson as well, I think if he if he plays for us, I think Nelson just needs to play. He needs minutes as well. Whether that be on loan, whether that be with us, that's just another question. But um, we'll wait and see
1: that one. Uh, we still got how many days we've got left until the... Well, I need to t- I need to touch on that, bro. Sorry, I'm so disappointed Reece is not going out on loan.
0: Yeah, I'm yeah, kind of no, surprised by agree. that
2: as well. I'd have to, no, I'd have to agree. I like, like, like I said, I just think he needs minutes. And you'd say if he's not gone on loan, then you'd think he's going to get minutes with us. But then, yeah, I, him, him, at, him,
1: at Palace, like, would be such a good, would be but, such you know, a good move. I'm, yeah, not, not, that, yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not saying football is as simple as this. But mm-hmm. you've got Vieira. Vieira loves Arsenal. Arsenal love Vieira. Yeah. Vieira knows he's got the best interest of Reese Nelson at heart. He's not going to like leave him out to dry. He's going to look after him. Mm. The way Palace like to play. They've, uh, they've lost Andros Townsend Palace. They've got Eze injured. I know they signed uh, another player for the championship, but they've got someone like Zaha outside. Reese Nelson is crying out for a team yeah. like this, like yeah. a, a team that relies on their wide players. And um, I, I, like he, he, he proved it at Hoffenheim, you know, when he got the young player of the year in the Bundesliga, he proved that he's got what it takes. And at, at Arsenal, sometimes I feel like when you've been around for ages, it's mm. kind of like people get comfortable with leaving you out or leaving you on the side, and maybe yeah. maybe Reese Nelson feels comfortable at Arsenal. And I love Reece Nelson; he's a great uh, he's a great guy, and I think he's a wavy baller as well. Yeah. But I think he needs to take a step away from Arsenal and, and show people what he's got, and kind of like what Joe Willock did. Joe Willock was that's like, exactly what I was gonna I'm, say. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. Going, I'm going out to Newcastle, and he he's now got a stat that is like ridiculous, bro. He broke Shearer's record of. Uh, games, games, most consecutive games, goals scored uh, like yeah. bro well that, that's nuts and now he's got his move and okay maybe Joe Willick didn't dream of playing for Newcastle one day he wanted to play for the Arsenal but Joe Willock now is in a team where he's valued respected and where he feels like he can make a difference. Hmm. And hmm. Reese Nelson, if we're not ready to cut ties with him, yeah. send yeah. him on loan, let him have a season yeah. and ball out. Yeah. He's gonna stagnate.
0: I think I don't know if you don't remember the um you know what it was? It was uh <laughs> I don't know whether this stuck out to me. It was Barte Borisov in Europa League 2017 and and um he was playing I think like right wing back or something mm-hmm. and I remember Martin Kion was just waxing lyrical about him because he was going crazy like he was playing so well yeah. and that was 2017 it is now four years later and we're still saying oh yeah he's got a bit of potential like yeah yeah. It's true. If, if, when you get to the point where it's like four years potential yeah and, you, and you're looking at his best mate Joe Willick he's gone and, and, and taken the world like yeah, I think I he needs think I, minutes. He, yeah, needs he needs minutes, minutes. He, he needs to play twenty five 30
2: games in a season. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. That's what that's what needs to happen with Reese. And I thought he should have gone on loan when Willet went on loan. I was disappointed yeah, with him on sure. loan then. So because yeah. he was just sat around, wasn't he? And for the remainder of the season, just kind of sat around like not even coming off the bench much at all. So mm-hmm. I think well he made appearances in the under twenty threes, I'm pretty sure. So yeah, he,
0: he did. have gone alone last that. January, it didn't happen. You yeah,
1: can't that this that season. Yeah, and he, that's, and we, that's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. Uh, Reese Nelson, a player of his stature, cannot yeah, games. be yeah, he cannot be yeah. confined to playing for the under twenty three And we
0: don't, and we don't even have European football, so it's not like we can offer a, where, yeah. a, oh, a, a lot, exactly. you know. Yeah. Like maybe probably, is Reece Nelson at his stage in his career going to be okay with a couple of FA Cup games here and there? I don't think so. No, he needs,
1: yeah, he needs to be in a situation where he's competing for that starting yeah. lineup every week.
0: Because yeah. um, Joe Willett's probably got an eye on the, on the World Cup team now. If if he if he sticks in there, like he's, well, that's... well, yeah, well, he's at least
1: even if he's not got an eye on the World Cup team, he's at least got an eye on. Okay, I can now become an established Premier League. Player, yeah, make yeah, exactly. his
2: debut for the England first team in some of the friendlies or something like yeah, that. something yeah. like
0: that, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure Reece Nelson will see that and be like, be motivated to anyway. Like, we'll see what happens with that.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. So obviously, we'll, we'll move on now a little bit to talk about the transfer window so far and who we've signed. Obviously, we've had. Uh, let me just try to remember. We had Laconga Tavares, um, Ben White, um, Erdegaard and Ramsdale. Haven't missed anyone there, have I? no nah. no. So. Based off those players and we've signed so far, there's rumours of we might have one more. Danny, are you feeling happy as far as incomings are concerned going ahead into the new season?
1: Sambi Lukonga had no idea who he was. Loved him after his first interview. Adore him after his performances. Mm. Aaron Ramsdale. What guy? Well, I, well, you know, listen, I love Arsenal just like Aaron Ramsdale loves Arsenal. That's brilliant. But yeah,
2: yeah true. I, I don't know why that. we
1: I, like. I can't believe Sheffield United squeezed that much out of us.
2: Mm.
1: Anyway, file It's not my dad's money anyway. I don't care, but <laughs> like, but, but, but still, I I feel like that money could have gone somewhere else. But but mm. I am wary of the fact that our after we sold Emmy, our goalkeeping situation in terms of who Leno could compete with was so dire.
2: Yeah, that
1: Ramsdale walking in, who by the way was selected for England's Euro twenty twenty squad. Yeah, Let's not forget yeah. that this guy is a an England goalkeeper. Yeah, I think Leno and Ramsdale should not really like each other. I think it should be a Henderson and De Gea situation where they yeah. almost look at each other and go, "I want that number one shirt. I'm not happy for you if mm. you're playing." And, and he I came and said that in his interview. He he said that, that in not yeah, yeah, he
0: was that. Like, I want to be number one. Well, well yeah, that's good. Great. good, that's great. And, and,
1: and so, so that I I'm absolutely yeah. fine with. Um, uh, Odegaard. I think wrapping up Odegaard is kind of, it's not as exciting because. It's not a new signing. You saw him play last yeah. year, but yeah. Yeah. I feel like Odegaard is a top player. Mm. Dan, only... where do you stand?
0: Where do you stand on the um, Odegaard and Madison debate? Where do you stand on that?
1: In terms of who would I rather? Report, who would
0: you rather have had? Yeah.
1: Do you know what the thing is, Madison seventy million. I feel like we would have had our pants fall down. I, I don't know if Madison is the type of guy that is. I, I like Madison. I'm a I'm a Maddis guy. I like mm. his personality. I like what he brings to a team and I like his dynamism as well. But I don't feel like he would have been, you know, that almost impact signing like a like a Sancho or an Ozo where we feel like our goals are gonna go up or he's gonna be that creative of ground current, Yeah, mm-hmm. that creative spot. I think Odegaard is the more level-headed choice. Yeah. Like um, we want Madison and all we're gonna do a sick reveal video and it's gonna be all vibey and stuff like that. I think Audigard is the more level-headed choice, and I think Audigard, on like on default, is a class player. Is, yeah. is, is a class above a player like Madison, with all due yeah, yeah, respect. Yeah. So um. Has he got a also, higher ceilings as well? Yeah. Yeah, he's got a higher ceiling, and also it's one of those ones where I don't see for now Emil Smith Rowe fitting into a midfield three. I'd like to see Emil Smith Rowe. Uh, sorry, in, in a midfield three, I'd like to see a uh, Emil Smith Rowe in a front three. Like mm-hmm. out wide, like you know, him and Saka switching in and out of situations and making yeah, them dizzy. And I feel like a, a midfielder like Odegaard is a much better complement to someone like Lukonga and Party in the midfield. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: I, I'm I, I'm pleased with it, and I'm glad we we didn't have to fork out 70 million for uh, Madison because I feel like 70 million outside of the prem gets you an insane player. Like it gets you really an insane player. Where Where do you stand on it?
0: Um, yeah, I'm. Wow. I'm. Go uh, on, see. No, 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 sorry.
1: No you, go, no, you go. Yeah.
0: Um. I'm. I was the same. <laughs> you know what? I'm backtracked now because in the last episode I came here with you and Eddie and I was like, yeah, I want Madison. He's the st- <laughs> He's the statement signing. But I think um, when you when you calm down, you realize if you're being level-headed, Odegaard for the half the price of Madison, Odegaard is not half the player of Madison. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's it's probably the it's the um, how can I say? It's probably the. He's the smart signing. He's the smart yeah. acquisition. He, I do think he's got a higher ceiling. Um, Madison's injury record isn't great. I would have loved James Madison to play for Arsenal. Don't get me wrong. Same, same. Um, but then if you, if Arsenal, the only, re, the only point where I believe this signing becomes a better signing than signing Madison is if the funds that we're saving on potentially getting Madison goes on a right back or a strike right. or something like that. Right, if we If we are smart with that money, and invest it in the team somewhere else, where we have a good twenty-two-year-old um, promising attacking midfielder with a right back coming in, for the price of Madison. Then I'm happy. If not, well, only time will tell with it.
2: Well, that's what I was going to ask next. It leads on quite nicely to that uh, Namdi. Who, where? If we do have one more sign in this window, where is that? Has to. Where does that have to be priority? Right back. Right, right back.
0: back. Right back. Right back right back I right back please Edu, Edu, it, Arteta, you know. if you're listening please sign a right oh, back thank you. <laughs> oh please uh, we need a right back we
2: is it, it right what Chambers back. Chambers English Cafu not, not doing it enough for you oh uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> please
2: I sign a right back in, <laughs> in Chambers in Chambers and Cedric we have two very good backup right backs but not a starter mm. I know Dan you you were a big um you want you were a big kind of fan of like dream of Having Hakimi at the the carpet, but then he's gone PSG, and that that's long gone, man. <laughs> that's long
1: gone. But <laughs> Danny, like, tell me, talk this talk yeah? Seventy million on Hakimi, I would drive and pick up Hakimi myself, bring him, take him to dinner, wine and dine his family. <laughs> I'm happy to spend seventy million on a right back like Hakimi. What a baller, man! What a baller. Like that... he's, got, he's gone PSG, he's gone to join Leo Messi. Yeah, but here's the thing, man. You know, like, my signings, the signings that I want don't make sense and they're never going to happen. But sometimes I feel like, why can't we just... Like, why can't we recognise that Inter Milan are financially in the shit right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they need... They need money. They need money. So they're not going to ask for 100 million for Artaro Martinez. Mm. They're going to, you know, we can... Like, why can't we look at the fact that Lille... They've lost their manager, their title-winning manager. The TV rights in France have changed, so a lot of clubs have lost money. And Leo need to generate funds in order to sustain their model, which they have for three or four years. Why are we not You, want it, you it, wanted that? I want Renato Sanchez, man. You wanted him. So that, and, and if you told me we would sign Hakimi, Renato Sanchez and Lotaro Martinez in one window, I'd say fuck PSG's window. Sorry for my language. I would, I would honestly go, bruv. I'm about to smash this table. Anyway, <laughs> to, but we like, do you know what I mean? And I know I'm in fantasy land, but I don't feel like Hakimi, Sanchez, and Martinez were like outrageously unreasonable signings. Like I wasn't asking for Holland. And- if you, if you, if you take one set.
2: So if we just, if we just try and do the maths here. So we spent how much is it? 129 million in the window so far. So yeah. you take Martinez, maybe 60 mil. Yeah. Hakimi.
1: 60 again? No, Hakee, uh, how much did
0: PSG pay for him? Because that's 70 euros, I think, twenty million euros, something like that. Wait, they paid 70? Let me check. I think, I think something
2: like that. Oh, wait, I, d- I didn't know. If we, well, so if we say, wait, so Ronaldo Sanchez, 35, 30 30, 30, 30, and then you're talking, Hakimi, you're saying somewhere around the 60 mark again, that's 150, that's 150 M's, 150 mil, compared to what we spent, 60 mil, we, yeah, you're right. Sixty, yeah. So where, whereabouts does that make the same kind of impact as the signs we've made so far? But because then you're thinking I don't know, you're thinking then you don't have a backup goalkeeper, you don't have that attacking midfielder, but you do have Renato
1: Sanchez. Renato Sanchez is everything. Mm. Renato Sanchez is an attacker when you want him to be, he's a destroyer when you want him to be, yeah. he's box to box when you want him to be. Parte conga and Sanchez.
2: Oh, maybe may, we
1: can. You could oh,
2: maybe consider that one in the next
1: window. Sorry, can, like, are, we, are we allowed to swear on this podcast? Tr- maybe not. Try, try not to complete. Sure. It. <laughs> we, are, we are no longer swearing. I apologize to all the viewers. <laughs> I, I, it, I let it slip. It it's happened cool, in man. Football. <gasps> Don't worry. I bro, let I'm it sorry. slip like Gerard, but it's not happening anymore. <laughs> it's back cool, to, man. It's cool. Back to family language. Sorry, yes. <laughs> so that, that midfield there, you're talking about a midfielder that would make me faint, you know? Mm, yeah. yeah. So, um, I
2: think with 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 it, um, I think maybe we could look at, um, I think next summer we'll go for a centre mid because I don't know if Shaka will still be. Well, I don't know; he's just signed a long time deal, hasn't he? So potentially at yeah. some point soon we could be looking for a new centre mid, but we'll we'll save that conversation for another day. But um, yeah, just to we're going to wrap up the podcast here with one final subject. Um, it's been great having you both on so far. Um, always love it having you. Last one. the last time we had you on was a. Uh, both of you on was the, the Euro's prediction Euros.
0: Yeah.
1: What a time. We, and we're predicting- we, got it, we got it We got it. horribly wrong. I oh, think so we, we predicted Turkey to get to the semis. and We that said Turkey with, up. oh my God. That was Namdi
0: by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just
1: putting it out there. Namdi was dying on that hill.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then, yeah, we predicted Scotland to beat Spain and oh no, it was all. God. But we did predict England to make the final. You, we did, we did, but it was against France. I don't think anyone predicted Italy to uh, go as far as they did, even though they had well what a tournament and well we we got um Jorginho just kind of had an tournament along with the rest of them as well, but yeah. yeah we'll wrap up the podcast talking about our game in midweek we are playing West Brom uh in the second round of the Carabao cup, if you can tell by my voice, I'm absolutely buzzing um, <laughs> it is a, well, I mean to be fair it is a chance for us to get our first win of the the well this season so um, First goal is all. Yeah, first goal as well. I mean, if we're not careful and we don't score against West Brom or City, the um, August
0: goal of the season is working crazy.
2: Have, yeah, our goal of the our goal of the month might have to be a training video guy. <laughs> Um But yeah, West West Brom. Um, Dan, can you feel any kind of excitement for that game?
1: No, uh, but also also listen, man. Like, well, I guess sometimes when, it, when it's gone wrong like this, sometimes you need a game to ball out and express yourself. And yeah, yeah. I hope someone like Gabby Martinelli doesn't get a rest. I hope the, the Arteta's is in his ear saying, go and get a goal. Yeah. You know, like go and open your account for the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope Flo Balogun gets in the mix of that and says, go and get a goal. Like this is the Carlin Cup. This is against a championship team. Score mm-hmm. against this team and show them that you're a Premier League baller. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Um, but it is what it is. It's a Carlin Cup. Yeah. Um, if we win, if we score some nice goals, I'll, I'll watch them back and I'll be excited. But um, all roads lead to Man City, to be honest. I'm not really bothered about yeah, the West Brom yeah. game.
2: Um... Namdi, do we play a full-strength team, Like realistically, like to try and get something to appease the fans here? Do we play a strong team? Because, well, we've lost our first two games. Um, we haven't won any of the official games in pre-season. Um, well, apart from the two behind-closed-doors ones. Oh my
0: do we goodness. have to
2: play do we have to
0: play a strong team here just to get some sort of win on the board? <laughs> oh my gosh. We have fallen. So, look how we're talking about our club. I oh, know, um, You know what? Yeah. Yeah. We need, we, ha- we, we have to win. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say um, full strength. I'm st- I think we're still waiting on like scans like, on the updates of like Tierney and that sort of those sort of players. I would say, yeah. you know, I would, I would say reasonably strong. Um, honestly, oh, Nelly, like, Reece, yeah, that those oh, two are, no, somebody, yeah, definitely can get a but get start. Get
2: maybe like Tavares, I think it'd be good to see him. Yeah, 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 yeah sure,
0: sure. Yeah, he's yeah, 100%. He'll start, but then the have to start again on Sunday, depending on Tierney, isn't it So, uh-huh. um, did you play
2: at Bamia and you play like a Zet, seeing as they can get minutes before City?
0: I would, I would, I I, just, I agree with Daniel. I would, I would start Martinelli and Badigan. Um, I think Orb only had one training session last week, innit? So I let him rest until City, so he's fully ready. Um, yeah. But um, you're right. We have to win. We, mm-hmm. ha- we, we have to win. West and-
2: Brom will be no pushover as well. I mean, we I mean, are no- I mean, relegated, but you saw the way they played against us in some of the, the games last season. And, well, they're already top of the championship. Well, you can't really read into that too much at this stage. But um, I think, yeah, like, we have to be careful here. Um, that's, but- a walk- that's
0: a banana slip right there that we're looking mm-hmm. at because then out of there, you yeah. can't say, OK, Chelsea were a better team and Brentford, we had all this. If we go lose to West Brom tomorrow night, it's like, What's the we're gonna have like? to delete Twitter? Yeah, yeah, don't put this episode out if we lose tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah,
2: no, 100. percent Do we need to focus on these cup competitions this season though? We're not in Europe, yeah. Um, we obviously we're gonna have limited minutes, but to something to appease the fans this season, nope. we need to focus nope. on a, a
1: Carabao nope. Cup or a or I think a me and Daniel, Daniel Green eggs in the lead basket, yeah. No, top we four, to, like we need to throw every everything. Egg. Yep. in that damn basket and then exactly. smash that. But yeah. yeah, it's, it's just got to be about the league. Mm.
0: Yeah,
1: it's just yeah. got to be about the league and pushing as high up the table as we can. Uh, whether it's top four would be the equivalent of a trophy. Like if yeah. you tell, if you say to me top four or the FA Cup and the Carling Cup, mm. I'm taking the top four. I can't lie.
0: Somewhere is oh, yeah. Arzabeng, watching this and smiling. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I know you
1: but so with couple of things. I've always believed in you, mm. like not these pagans. I've always loved you, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I agree. So just to just to play devil's advocate here, would you take top four over fifth place and
2: an FA Cup?
0: Yes. Yeah, I would. I would. I haven't mm-hmm. seen. A, I haven't seen my team play Champions League football in five years. Yeah, but the yeah, thing I
1: is, I we re- like? I don't know if we're we're gonna get smoked in the Champions League. You see what I mean? I just want to be in it. <laughs>
0: Honestly, sure. I just want to be in it. I
1: think you think, yeah. But then also, I guess with
2: Namdi's point, you'd also then you'd get more money. You'd be able to invest in more players to so then hopefully build a stronger side to yeah. not smoke in the Champions League. I don't know what you said there. The fifth. FA Cup, the FA cup <laughs> and fifth. So you're like League football. And to, I, if we got FA Cup and fifth place, I would feel happy. Like, obviously, I'd, I think I'd rather have fourth than Champions League football, but I would feel happy with FA Cup and fifth. With Arteta saying that progression, we've seen something on last season. As mm. long as we keep progressing, that's something good. But I don't know. I don't know for you, Dan. FA Cup
1: and FA. Oh Fear. what! I'm a big fan of winning the Europa League. You know. Yeah. I honestly, you know, like these. Uh, like I want to win it. I want to win it. You know, I, some I fans. Some it, yeah. fans talk about the Europa League like it's nothing. Like when we're in the Europa League, I am desperate for us to win it to because win. of uh, two things. One the The prize is getting into the Champions League. Yeah. Two, the experience of quarterfinal, semifinal, final, mm. all or nothing. Like exactly. I feel like that does so much for players, and that does so much for team mentality. You know, like yeah, just just growing and knowing how to get through barriers and knockout tournaments.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. I I would I'd love that. I don't know if I would just take scraping fourth place and then. You know, really, kind of just playing a few group stage games and then struggling in the other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, I would. Um, I would take. Uh, yeah, I'd I'd take fifth in FA Cup. Surprisingly, I know a lot yeah, of people yeah. are going to be like, "What are you on about?" But I just feel like I'd ru- I'd do that, and then if we could win the Europa League as well, then we've got you two trophies. We've got two trophies and Champions League football and the vibes. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah always got the vibes, man. Always got the vibes. So yeah, cheers, lads.
2: Uh, it's been great to have you back on again. Cheers guys for watching. Um just before we go, West Brom predictions, Namdi.
0: Two no Arsenal.
2: Two no, Dan? Three no Arsenal. Three. Okay, okay. That that would be very that would be a very good result. I don't know. I I, I can't see us keeping a clean sheet if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> i say I'd say two one just for for the sake of it. I do think we'll win, though, and I, I think, well, we need to win. It's as simple mm. as that. But, um, yeah, Arsenal play West Brom um, in midweek. Um, what day is it? It is Wednesday. Arsenal play West Brom on Wednesday. So that'll be... Um, a good, that's, that's tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah, tomorrow. I tomorrow, yeah. tomorrow. So, um, yeah, hopefully um, this will be out um, on match day. So, hopefully, Arsenal can get the win. Um, and then Carabao Cup could be our year. Maybe we'll wait and see. It is normally Man City's competition.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, the Man City Cup.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So cheers, lads, for coming on. It's been great. Make sure to like, subscribe. Um, all these guys' links will be in uh, the description, so make sure to drop them a follow. And we will be back again soon. Um, but until then, we'll catch you next time. Cheers, bro. Thanks